0: We get up in the morning, we open our Bible app, we read a devotional, we pray, we drink our coffee, and then our day pans out exactly how our days did before we profess to hope in Christ with our lips. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dodson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dodson. And per usual, we are just diving right in today. So I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law, Jason, as we were waiting on Reagan to get ready to model in a fashion show. And yeah, (laughs) that fashion show. Listen, dealing with children is a task. So I applaud the efforts of adults and department stores who take out time to do things such as this, especially when you are dealing with younger kids. But all in all, you know, it turned out perfectly. It was just perfect. It went over without a hitch. So, (laughs) But anyway, we were talking about how so many people talk about God and talk about their belief in God, but their lives align more with the world than they do with the holiness of God and God's standards. There are a lot of people who profess God as the head of their lives. You know, we hear this in, in in welcomes and stuff. It's so cliche that people say it, but they they say that God is the head of their lives, but their lives don't necessarily reflect this profession. Now, if it were a matter of God saying to us, okay, as long as you say you believe and I'll accept you as my own and we can live happily ever after and everything is fine, then we could basically do what we wanted to do. But that's not what Christ said. He, he said that those who do the will of the father are his. And right before he said that, he said that everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So there is a requirement, which is the will of God. And we see the will of God laid out in the same book that has convinced us that we need to believe in the author of this book. So let's talk about this for a minute. Let's unpack it. What makes people feel as though they can live how they want to live and still be accepted by God? Like, why are we so connected to the world that we can't give it up to totally surrender to Christ? You know, I believe that that part of it is that we don't truly know and understand the redemptive work of Christ. You know, I will say that that this is something that at one time, I'm pretty sure I couldn't articulate accurately and thoroughly to you. You know, and now in my case, it wasn't because I wasn't being told or taught this. I just didn't want to grab it because I was in a Bible-based church who taught the, the Word of God as God has given it to us. But I just didn't want to hold on to it because I knew that that would mean that I would have to give up some things. I knew the requirement of grabbing onto this, and I just didn't want that at the time. But some of us haven't been properly informed or even we haven't even sought to properly educate ourselves and inform ourselves about what the gospel of Jesus Christ really is and what it does. Uh, A part of this is because we've been told for so long what's wrong, what's wrong, what you're doing wrong, that we don't know the motivation or the person behind doing what's right. And the, the motivation is just the beauty and the glory of God and the redemptive work of Christ and all of the just abundance and the glory and the peace and the joy that comes with knowing who God really is. It, you know if we believe that we got here through the hand and creative work of God then we have to know that God is the one who calls the shots not us and in knowing that we have to really know what he requires especially since he gave his best for us to for so we could have the opportunity to be reconciled back to him but it's more than just you know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It's deeper than that. What Jesus did, he exchanged his life for, for our sins in order to make us right with God because we weren't right. And I think that's the part we forget sometimes is that we are not and we were not. If we don't accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, and if we don't choose to, to change our lives to progress in the direction that God has laid out, then we are not right with God. And so until we do this, we won't ever be right with God. And I, I I, think that, you know, we think because we do right things and we may be somewhat of a morally right person, we think we're okay. But being right is not being righteous. So our sins were laid on Christ at his death. And his righteousness is given to us once we are converted through our confession and acceptance of his work on the cross. You know, for Christ to die and be resurrected as our savior, there had to be and there has to be something to save us from. You know, we can't be our old selves profess Jesus as Savior, and then stay our old selves. Like, like what's the point? We, we have to die to our old selves in order to become new. So we exchange our old man or, or our old dead spirit that, that we came here with. We exchange it for a new one, which is the Holy Spirit that should now live and operate in us. And, and that spirit guides us into the things that please God instead of the things that please Please, our flesh, which should our flesh should be dead anyway, and it should continue to die daily. So, you know, when you get a minute, I, I highly encourage you to study the gospel and, and really let the magnitude of, of what it is and what it does and what it will continue to do really let it speak to you and, and cause you to really think about the sacrifice that Christ made just for for us to experience. Just true serenity and true peace, not just when we leave here, but while we're here on earth. Something else that I think is happening is that we are succumbing to conformation, but we're claiming transformation. You you know, y'all in Romans, Paul talks about he tells us to not be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, conformation takes place externally because of what we see. Because if it didn't, then the Bible wouldn't have to tell us to walk by faith and not by sight. And I know, I know, Paul was, when he was talking about this, he he was talking about being absent from the body instead of being present with the Lord. But it still applies because faith in Hebrews, we see this, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And our faith is what causes us to live for and please God. So if we can see it, then it's not faith hence it's external which leads to conformation if we aren't being transformed so conformation happens as a result of worldly or carnal perceptions of temporal pleasures but transformation happens internally through our faith and our surrendering to the holy spirit so We conform um, whenever we are still being influenced by the things of the world, by social media, by cultural inclinations, by the acquisition of material things, uh, by celebrities, by influencers, TikTok, YouTube, and all of these things that we see in the world around us. But as Christians, we are called to not embrace worldly customs and behaviors that typically are selfish and and most of the time they're corrupting. You know, we should see these things in the world as off limits to us, but our, our refusal has to go beyond just not participating in worldly behaviors and customs. It has to go beyond that. We also have to commit to not wanting to participate in our minds. Because again, this is where transformation takes place. So the idea has to be firmly grounded in your mind. And that is a direct result of your mind being transformed. So it's basically... You allowing the Lord to change you from the inside out. But, but, but let me say this, because a lot of times I think we like to compare our sins and, and our missteps and our mistakes and, and our failures. Uh We like to compare it to other people instead of comparing ourselves to Christ or looking to Christ as our standard. Look, just because you don't participate in worldly customs and worldly functions you can still be proud. You can be greedy. You can be jealous-hearted, mean, stubborn, selfish, covetous, perverted, and all of these things if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to transform your mind. Because only when the Holy Spirit renews, redirects, and reeducates us on the ways of God are we truly transformed. So, you know, if you're wondering how people can comfortably live how they lived when they were in the world. You have to ask yourself whether they have actually been transformed. Because going back to something I said in a previous episode dealing with Galatians 5 and 24, we crucify our flesh and nail it to the cross when we become followers, true followers of Christ. And we continue to keep our flesh in a state of crucifixion thereafter. Well, If you haven't truly done the first, then the repetitive continued action of keeping your flesh in a state of crucifixion can't happen. It's impossible. And that's how we see the carrying out of the works of of the flesh instead of the fruit that is indicative of a changed mind and a changed life. You know, for some reason, I just the, the Spirit has been dealing with me heavily about how those who are a part of the church... Are And when I say church here, I, I mean the local church, but, but how we have been so massively influenced by culture. There has been just a really oppressing about how easily influenced by the world we are that we completely negate the word of God. And, and in us negating the word, I don't mean that you won't hear people talking about scripture or referencing the Bible in some sort of way. Because there are people who do this, but are completely led by what culture and the world and people around them are saying, so much so to the point that they interpret scripture based on culture instead of allowing the scripture to dictate their posture and the message to the culture. So the culture is speaking to us instead of the word speaking to it through us. You know, now don't get me wrong. I do understand that there is a certain level of, of contextualizing and contemporizing that we have to do when approaching the word of God so that we can effectively deliver the message so that it can be applied in our daily life. But to what extent are we doing this? And why are we going so far to reach culture that we are moving beyond the reach of Christ? You know, now I know some of you are probably saying, well, Jesus hung with sinners. You know, he was hanging out with them. Uh, uh, he did not. So let, let's clear this one of the the most uh, highly biblically misinterpreted scriptures up real quick. So after Jesus healed the paralytic, it was a man that was paralyzed. He and his disciples were at Matthew's house eating. And Matthew was one of the disciples that Jesus had just called, remember? And so the publicans and the sinners, they came, they came and sat down with them while they were already there. And in Mark's gospel, it says that they followed him, which is the point of the ministry. People should be able to follow us as we follow Christ. So they followed him. So now the Pharisees, they questioned this, but Jesus, he got them together real quick, like he always did. And he said, I'm not here for the well. I'm here for the sick. So his intention was to convert them, not kick it with them. And in order to heal someone who is sick, in this case, spiritually sick, you have to be well yourself, right? So Jesus was well spiritually, just like we need to be well spiritually in order to reach the lost. Like everybody can't be lost trying to win each other. That's like a lose-lose situation. Like, how's that going to work? It's not. So we have to make sure that we don't misinterpret what was said. Like, seriously, we can just stick to what's, what's in the passage and that's it. But anyway, back to what I was saying, at the end of the day, the message and the words in our Bibles don't change and they aren't going to change. So they shouldn't change for you. You know, I don't care what the gurus of 2021 tell you, you still have to adhere to the teachings of the Bible. The approach may be different and more suited and catered to the audience but the message doesn't change and even in that we have to be careful because some some ways that we are trying to approach the audience they're not biblical in their basis either so we have to be be very cognizant of how we are approaching the delivery of the message as well but cuz cuz when we do this when those people who are a part of the church, begin to cater everything to the world without the world being challenged to come out of the world, we create problems and divisions in doctrines and in the ways of of how the scripture has laid out for us to proceed as believers. Again, our methods and our approaches, they may be different and we cannot knock each other for that, for how we approach uh, the delivery differently we can't knock each other for that but the teachings and the message should be untouched you know because when this happens when, when we when we go to messing with stuff we're leaving the impression that as long as you're attached to a church you can still do what you want to do and you're okay but it's not about our attachment to a church y'all it, it, it's about our attachment to Christ. I think sometimes we mix up our Cs and we detach them from one another instead of letting them be synergistic in our lives. So, So then we become ritualistic in what we do. We get up in the morning, we open our Bible app, we read a devotional, we pray, we drink our coffee, and then our day pans out exactly how our days did before we profess to hope in Christ with our lips. We go to church, we participate in community mission efforts, we teach Sunday school, we sing in the choir, we lead small group. But these things are, they're all empty exercises unless we are truly doing them for God, but because we shouldn't be doing them for the church in the first place. We should be doing them for the Lord. Because we are appreciative of a changed lifestyle, but again, if your lifestyle hasn't changed, then what are you appreciative for? Because what did Christ really save you from? You know, I know, I know. For me, I have dealt with cultural influences. So, so I'm an independent singer songwriter or artist, uh, whatever you want to call me. And, and I would be lying if if I didn't. At times, feel the heat of compromising certain things because of what I saw other artists do. Artists that seem to be making it and seem to be on, you know. Now, I, I will say I'm not really like a, a ride the wave or or a follow the trend type person, but but I, I couldn't lie and tell you that there haven't been times in my life that I've seen what other people were doing and, and I followed along, or at least I really really wanted to. But I had to grow to really understand what my mission was as a believer. My focus should be to please God, not follow my mind and my heart, but to follow the voice and the direction of God. So, so what do we do? What, what's the solution here? You know, because we talk a good talk. We talk a good God talk. We really do. We're good at spewing out words, but when it comes down to truly living according to God's word, we struggle. We struggle a lot sometimes. We tend to treat Christianity, like In and Out Burger, we're in and then we're out real quick. Like we're quickly professing and claiming that Jesus is our Savior and that we love God, but then we are quickly out of this religion as soon as something comes up that we really want to do that caters to our flesh. But the life of the Christian is not like In and Out Burger. I'm sorry, it's not. This is an all or nothing type of thing. We can't have one foot in and one foot out. You know, over in Revelation. When Christ was speaking to the Church of Laodicea, he said that they would he would rather them be hot or cold and, and not lukewarm because he would spit them out of his mouth. you know I, I think about. Like when I'm eating or drinking something that that's lukewarm, and, and I'm just like, ah, you know, or my coffee when I'm drinking it, and it's not hot, it's not as hot as I want it to be, or, or it's not as cold as I want it to be, and I'm just, I just want it out of my mouth. That that that's how God is, you know, and so he doesn't he doesn't like that. Now these people were wealthy uh, in Laodicea, so imagine the self-sufficiency they felt as well. So it reminds me of society today. Like for the most part, we live relatively decent, which is why I believe uh, we are so enthralled and and lured away by cultural norms. But I love how illustrated the Bible is. You know, when you think about something that's lukewarm, you don't want it. And it's the same way with God. He won't tolerate us being distasteful to him. And, And there's nothing more distasteful to God than a half-hearted, in-name-only Christian who's self-sufficient. But but we can't settle for following God halfway, because as you can see, if you do it halfway, it's basically like not following Him at all. You know, when we step into this thing called Christianity that no one makes us do because we have a choice, we have to count up the cost. What is your life really worth to you as it compares to the life you can have in Christ? If the culture and society and your wants and desires mean more to you than following Christ, then just don't bother. You know, you might as well just stay in the world. And I hate to sound cruel, but but there are only two options here. You either follow or you don't. So it's up to you to weigh out what matters most, what society says or what God says, what you want or what God wants, how you want to dress or how God expects you to dress going to the club or going to church, cussing them out or walking away. All of these things are, they're solely up to you to choose. But after you make this choice, God holds you accountable to that choice. There are no more excuses after that. The point of Christianity and following Christ is to be a disciple and an adherer, because that's what a follower does. They imitate the one they are taking orders. Well, not taking orders. That's a rough word, because we don't take orders from Christ. We surrender to his ways and his will, because we acknowledge that his will is better than ours, but... We imitate the one that that we have chosen to lead us. You know, it shouldn't be said of Christians, well, they're doing the same thing I'm doing, so I'm good. You know, you should never make a sinner comfortable in their sin because you don't have your lifestyle together. You know, think about your own life when you were out there, you know, all over the place. Were you comfortable? Did you like it? Was there a reason why you decided to, you know, come into the church and, and at least attempt to follow Christ? So, You should think about another person's life in that same way. But if you do make a person comfortable in what they're doing, then the Bible says that you're in trouble. It says, woe unto the person by whom the offense comes because you've now caused this offense. So people shouldn't stumble or stay lost because of your life. You know, I know it's ultimately going to be on them what they choose to do, but you will be held accountable for the life you live before others. So if you believe that God created you, That he has all power that he is just and holy and that he doesn't change and that he will not lie Then you have to believe his word and live according to this word You know, otherwise you really have just deemed god a mere human whom you can't trust because you have made him just like you And that's why your life will reflect that of someone who doesn't need a savior because they don't really have a savior to look to And as believers who have been changed, we know that this is not true You know, there's a lot to be said about culture, change culture, engage culture, do it for the culture. But we shouldn't just want to uh, engage in, consume, imitate, copy or even condemn culture. We we need to learn to create culture. And, And what do I mean by this? How about we create a culture of Jesus worshipers, true believers, bold disciples, uncompromised Christ representatives and people who show the love of Christ by working fervently to carry out the mission to spread the gospel in an infinite way. A culture that says, I don't want to be on the fence about my faith. I want to go all in so that I can bring others in. Let's devote ourselves to reaching as many people as we possibly can, especially those in the younger and millennial generations. Let's show people that what Jesus really looks like, you know, you can refuse to compromise yourself and still reach people by letting them know that you see them, that you hear them and that God sees them and God hears them and wants them to get to know him in a very special way. And we can do all of this in a way that, that, that they can understand it, but that doesn't distort the message of Christ. You know, I get it. We want to be cool. We do, but honestly, who's cooler than Jesus? A man who gave himself, like he literally gave his whole life. That's like, that's the most you can give is your life so that we can live. You know what I mean? If your boyfriend or, or your wife or, or someone close to you did this for you, think about how overwhelmed with gratitude and just consumed with all of these nice, warm, fuzzy feelings you would be. It, it will, And it will make you want to show them how much you love them and appreciated them. So why can't we just treat Christ Christ the same way and show him how much we appreciate him by living for him fully? I understand, you know, I do. I get how persuasive culture can be and how influential culture can be. I understand, too, how strong our flesh is. I say that all the time. Our flesh, look. It's not, it's not a rooty poo. It's not going to lay down and just die because you say, oh, go away flesh. No, it's not going to do that because our flesh cannot stand us. But I also understand that we can't be too closed minded either, that we can't connect with culture and the people around us. But we also can't be too open minded that we conform to the world and we leave God out. Balance. Balance is necessary. Balance is necessary. But there is even an extent on this balance that we speak of, you know, but with God, he will always give you direction and he will always, always reel you back in when you're starting to go a little too far. Look, y'all, that's a wrap for today's episode. Make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and on Twitter at IMBD Music. You know, I would love to hear from you and be sure to tune in next week for a new episode. Thanks again for hanging out with me today on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps.